Hello, and welcome to Talking Underwater, One Water, One Podcast. I'm Jeremy Wolf, editor for the Endeavor Water Group. In May 2023, the U.S. Supreme Court made a major ruling that limited the reach of the definition for Waters of the United States, or WOTUS, and the U.S. EPA and Army have since amended the definition of WOTUS for Clean Water Act compliance. To learn more behind this WOTUS development, I spoke with Duke McCall, an environmental litigation partner at Morgan Lewis LLP. There's been a lot going on with waters of the United States. Uh, And so to frame this conversation, I wanted to ask, what is WOTUS and how does it affect Clean Water Act compliance? I'd be happy to. Let me start by thanking you for the opportunity to join you on Talking Underwater. I'm honored to have the chance to talk about an issue, a topic that I've been tracking my entire legal career, uh, a topic that's confounded courts, regulators, and the regulated community for decades. So, and that is, what is WOTUS? What are waters in the United States? And what is, what is its effect on clean water compliance? In brief, waters in the United States are, as stated by EPA, the threshold term establishing the geographic scope of federal jurisdiction under the Clean Water Act. Stated differently, it is the Clean Water Act provision that determines what waters are subject to federal regulation under the Clean Water Act. Waters that are WOTUS are subject to regulation. Waters that are not WOTUS, that are not waters of the United States, do not qualify as water of the United States, are not subject to regulation under the Clean Water Act. To, to provide some context uh, for that, the Clean Water Act prohibits any unauthorized or unpermitted discharge of pollutants, which includes dredge or fill material, into, quote, navigable waters, close quote, and navigable waters are defined in the Act as the waters of the United States, which brings us to the question of what are waters? And, and that is the issue that has perplexed everyone, courts, uh, the regulated community, even the regulators uh, over the years. And that's because the term itself, waters of the United States, is not defined identified or further explained in the Clean Water Act. So since the passage of the act in 1972, EPA, US EPA and the Army Corps, which jointly administer the Clean Water Act, have sought to define through regulation what waters do in fact qualify as waters of the United States. And those regulations (coughs) promulgated by EPA and the Corps have changed over time both in response to changes in administrations and differing views as to what the scope of the Clean Water Act should be, as well as in response to court decisions addressing the validity of those definitions promulgated by EPA and the Corps. So at, at, at its core, WOTUS is the provision, the definition that determines the scope of water subject to regulation under the Clean Water Act. How does the latest Supreme Court decision, Sackett v. EPA, affect WOTUS? It's, it's, it's a fantastic question. And, and let me start with a couple of uh, background notes. First of all, the second case has been before the U.S. Supreme Court twice now, which is very, very unusual. Uh, and, and to provide the historic context for that, the Sacketts purchased a lot near Priest Lake in Idaho in 2004, and they sought to fill the wetlands on their property to build a vacation home. EPA determined that those wetlands were waters in the United States because of a hydrologic connection to Priest Lake through a nearby wetland. Uh, and Priest Lake itself was a traditional navigable water and therefore EPA ordered the Sacketts to stop filling the wetlands 
on their property or be subject to fines and penalties. The Sacketts challenged that order in court and the EPA's determination that there, the wetlands on their property were waters of the United States. In response, EPA argued that that challenge was not a final agency action subject to judicial review, and that's the issue that first reached the U.S. Supreme Court in 2012. The Supreme Court held that EPA's determination the wetlands were waters of the United States was a final agency action that could be challenged in court and remanded the decision, remanded the case to the lower courts for a determination of whether the wetlands on the Sackett's property were in fact waters of the United States. That is the issue that reached the court earlier this year. The lower courts, both the district court and the Ninth Circuit held that the wetlands on the Sackett's property were waters of the United States, subject to Clean Water Act regulation. In May of this year, the court issued its decision, the Supreme Court issued its decision holding to the contrary. All nine justices agreed that the wetlands on the Sackett's property were not waters of the United States, subject to regulation of the Clean Water Act, but importantly, they disagreed as to why. A five-justice majority held that only relatively permanent standing or continuously flowing bodies of water with a continuous surface connection to traditional navigable waters may be considered waters of the United States covered by the Clean Water Act. That interpretation was a departure from the prevailing view, the prevailing standard that had been applied by the lower courts since 2006, based upon a 2006 Rapanos decision, another Supreme Court decision in 2006. So in short, we have in the second decision issued in May of this year, a change in the standard that federal courts are now applying to determine whether waters, wetlands specifically qualify as waters in the United States subject to regulation under the Clean Water Act. And that introduces a question I'd love to ask. Um, how, how did the other justices want to define WOTUS? So the, there were a number of different opinions issued by the court. Three justices uh, led by Justice Kagan would have applied the significant nexus test or standard articulated by Justice Kennedy in the 2006 Rapanos decision. Justice Kavanaugh would have applied a broader definition of adjacent wetlands, and would have, which would have included wetlands that abut uh, traditional navigable waters but lack the continuous surface connection that the majority found was required for wetlands to be covered under the Act. Uh, so those were the, the dissenting justices, the views of the dissenting justices. Uh, um, Notably, uh, Justice Thomas, who was in the majority, actually would have defined uh, waters in the United States even narrower and limited to those waters that are, in fact, navigable. So th there were a variety of different opinions issued in that case, interpretations issued, but the five-justice majority, uh, again, would have and, and did define and limit the covered waters to those with a relatively permanent standing or continuous flowing body of water with a continuous surface connection to traditional navigable waters. And how has EPA and the U.S. Army adjusted the definition of WOTUS in response to Sackett v. EPA? Well, two months prior to the court's decision in Sackett, EPA issued a revised definition of waters in the United States in, in March of 2023, a definition, and I should say the 
EPA and Army Corps issued a revised definition, a definition they described as durable, which sought to chart a middle path between definitions previously promulgated during the Obama administration in 2015 and the Trump administration in 2019. Uh, the WOTUS definition issued during the Obama administration sought to codify and further define the significant nexus standard, the standard articulated by Justice Kennedy in the 2006 Rapanos decision. The WOTUS definition, definition issued during the Trump administration rejected that significant nexus standard and sought to codify the competing continuous surface connection test articulated by Justice Scalia in the 2006 Rapanos decision. So the March 2023 rule sought to define what is using both the significant nexus test and the continuous surface connection test. In short, if either standard was met under the 2023 rule, a water would be deemed a water of the United States. And although that rule itself, the 2023 rule, was not at issue in the Sackett case, which dealt with an earlier definition of WOTUS, both EPA and the Army Corps concluded that the five-justice majority's rejection of the significant nexus test required a revision to the 2023 rule to delete the significant nexus standard as an alternative test for determining whether waters did, in fact, qualify as a water of the United States. Uh, they, they, they also concluded that the majority opinion required that they redefine adjacent wetlands as only those wetlands having a continuous surface connection, which again was a departure from their longstanding interpretation and definition of adjacent wetlands as including wetlands that are separated from traditional navigable waters by things such as man-made dikes, river berms, or beach dunes. Again, under the majority opinion, you have to have that continuous service connection. So they also redefined what adjacent wetlands mean. And uh, what is significant about this change as it relates to Clean Water Act compliance? In short, the elimination of the significant nexus standard, redefinition of adjacent wetlands, excludes a significant number of wetlands in the U.S. from regulation. According to EPA, approximately 63% of wetlands that were regulated under prior definitions of waters in the United States are no longer subject to regulation under the Clean Water Act. Also excluded from regulation are other non-traditional navigable waters, such as ephemeral streams that lack a continuous surface connection to a traditional navigable water. Again, according to EPA estimates, that means that millions of miles of ephemeral streams that previously were subject to regulation of the Clean Water Act no longer are. In short, the changes to the 2023 definition to eliminate the significant nexus test to redefine adjacent wetlands significantly narrows the geographic reach or scope of the Clean Water Act, limiting those waters subject to federal regulation. Now, this is a much broader question, but what sort of effects do you think this will bring for the, the nation's water quality and environmental health generally? It is a tough question to answer. Uh, some groups are predicting dire consequences, noting that wetlands and similar water bodies serve as nature's filter, ensuring the quality and health of our nation's waters. But mm -hmm. there, there are a number of factors that may temper the effects of this change. You know, in brief, the mere fact that 
these wetlands, these ephemeral streams are no longer subject to regulation of the Clean Water Act does not necessarily mean that there will be a rush to discharge pollutants or fill into such waters. It's also possible that state and or local regulators will step in and seek to regulate these waters. They're no longer subject to regulation on the Clean Water Act. So there, it is clear that the scope of waters subject to clean water regulation is significantly narrowed, but we don't yet know what that means in terms of the water quality and environmental health impacts. I see. Duke, thank you so much for talking with me today. Quite welcome. It's been a pleasure. On to housekeeping. For Wastewater Digest, be sure to check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Wastewater Digest. We are publishing a lot of WefTech 2023 video interviews over the next few weeks. For Waterworld, be sure to subscribe to our newsletter to stay up to date on industry news, events, stories, and more. Visit waterworld.com slash subscribe, or just click the subscribe button at the top of the website navbar. For Stormwater Solutions, we are still seeking input on the 2023 State of the Industry Survey. Take a few minutes to fill out the questionnaire at bit.ly slash SWSSOTI23. That's bit.ly slash SWSSOTI23. And with that, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share on your podcasting platform. You can reach out to us at talkingunderwater at endeavorb2b.com. And you can also find us on X at TUW Podcast. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.